Hi and welcome to the St Saviour's Finsbury Park podcast. Our vision is to be a church alive in God's love to serve the city. And we hope this teaching helps you to know God and serve him more wherever you've been uniquely placed. Let's jump in. That's Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind into his own image, In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Alex, come on up. Can I pray for you before you start? Uh, Absolutely. Lord Jesus, thank you that you speak for your word. I thank you for everything that Alex carries, not just in this moment, but in his preparation this week and just the way that he ministers to and blesses so many of us in this church family. I pray in this moment that he would speak your word to us boldly. I pray that we would have ears to hear whatever you want to say. Holy Spirit, would you roam through us now? Be present to us. Speak to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bex. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Uh, My name is Alex Henry. I'm part of the congregation at St. Saviour's, and I'm really, really excited to be here to continue our series, In the Beginning. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about the topic, Created in God's Image. Uh, Desmond Tutu said, isn't it amazing that we are all made in God's image, and yet there is so much diversity among his people. And that's what the the picture there shows, just that incredible diversity of God's image and of God's church. Creating God's image is a really exciting topic. Um, It's a challenging area, but I think it's an area we can all take such profound confidence from. Um, So today I'm going to talk around four different areas. Hopefully the slides will come up. Go. Let's bear with. Fantastic. Okay, so four areas. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? So focusing on the the reading from Genesis 1 verse 26. Being made in the image of God is a truly special thing for each and every one of us. And I really want to explore that beauty. Um, Secondly, I'll talk about how we actually struggle at times with the concept of being made in God's image. I'm going to use the lens of the Old Testament and explore how sin really became a barrier between us and God, 
but also go into some of the reasons why in today's society we can struggle to believe or even fully comprehend that we are made in the image of God. Thirdly, I'll move on to the good, the great news that Jesus is the true image of God and how Jesus showed us the perfect way to embody God's image. And then finally, how can we all live this out? How can we bring it all together and how can we apply this truly beautiful thing to our lives? Oops. There we go. Um, So, created in God's image. Uh, Each of us in this room are made in the image of God, regardless of what we look like. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. This is who we are. Every one of us is created with honor and with a purpose. There's many parts to the creation story which we've been outlining over the last few weeks, but on the sixth day, God gives us dominion of the earth to fill the earth and to subdue it. We don't only bear God's image, but we are made to fulfill his purpose. Being made in the image of God is one of the many elements that really differentiates Christianity from other religions, particularly those that had a large following in the Old Testament. Well, they would have physical idols to represent the image of their gods. As Christians, we don't have to, and we shouldn't create or worship an image. We are made in an image of God, which in itself is a gift from God. We have intrinsic value through the way we are made by God. So I want to unpack this really incredible sentence in verse 26. Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Uh, In Pete Hughes' book, All Things New, there's a whole chapter on creation, the image bearers of God. And he talks down and he breaks up these two words down. Image, the Hebrew word is uh, salem, and likeness, the Hebrew word is dimut. Now, he goes on to mention, and I found this really interesting, that these two words only appear together in Scripture once more in the Bible, four chapters later In Genesis 5, Uh, Genesis 5 verse 1 says, When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created the male and female and blessed them, and he named them mankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. So to simplify the image of of, uh, image and of likeness, it's like a parent and their child and their relationship. The love from a parent to a child and the shared characteristic. God's the creator, we're not the creator, but God has given us a moral and intellectual understanding and creativity that differentiates us from other animals. Adam and Eve were sons and daughters of God, created in his image and likeness, and they had this fantastic, spectacular peace in the Garden of Eden. And as the passage says, uh, they were given everything in paradise, and they walked with God. We were called, as it says later in the passage, in verse 26, to rule over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God's plan was for humans to harness creativity, that creativity that comes from God to move the world forward, to populate it and care for it, which is what Joe spoke about last week. Psalm 8 verse 5, which is the reading for for this week, said, You had made them a little lower than angels and crowned them with glory and honor, and you had made them rulers over the works of your hands, and you put everything under their feet. Incredible verse. 
Um, Desmond Tutu, I'm going to quote a couple of times through this talk, said, We are made for goodness by God, who is goodness itself. We are made for and like God. Perhaps you have not taken what it means to be made in the image of God. The impulse to care, the instinct for goodness, is a shining thread woven into the fabric of our being. We care for one another in order for us to thrive. As human beings, we're not only created in the image of God, we're created to be the image of God. That's our role. Our role is to make the world a better place. But unfortunately, we know as we read on and get to Genesis 3, there's something that stops us from being that outpouring image of God, and that's the power of sin. So this brings me on to the second area about the challenges we have both comprehending and fulfilling our role as image bearers of God. So sin is, uh, sin is messy, and fundamentally it makes us treat each other and ourselves in a way that makes God sad. Sin is complicated and it takes many forms, and we see that early on in Genesis 3. But ultimately, sin distorts our understanding of what it means to be made in the image of God. Eve is tempted by the devil who says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Being made in God's likeness and in his image, it doesn't mean that we are the creators, it doesn't mean that we are God. Being made in the image of God, it should shape the way we view humanity. It's a reminder that all of us are all brothers and sisters. It should shape how we view one another, those we know, and those we'll never meet. But we see literal brothers not looking at each other through these lens. After the fall in Genesis with Cain and Abel, Genesis 4 verse 10, the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. It's jealousy that causes Cain to kill his own brother. It's envy. Cain doesn't view his brother here as someone that is made in the God's image. So it took only one generation for sin to cause um, havoc and violence, to let a simple seed of jealousy and envy to turn sour. And, and today, unfortunately, we see violence, we see conflict and war on both a local and global scale. And fundamentally, it comes from the way that we view one another, not as brothers or sisters in Christ or in God's image, but competing with one another, different nations, different territories, different groups, rather than one people. Jesus' commandment in Matthew 22, verse 37, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Loving someone made in the image of God is to love God himself. But we forget the simple and beautiful truth of God's creation and plan for us as humanity. In, in many ways, the Old Testament, which is full of so many incredible and fantastic and practical examples, but you could summarize the Old Testament in a way as a story of the Israelites forgetting, occasionally remembering, and then forgetting that they are made in the image of God. Um, they were brought out of Egypt, out of slavery, guided through the Red Sea, one of the big miracles in the Bible, but a mere months later, they are grumbling because they are hungry. But to be fair to the Israelites, I have to say, it is easy to be at our worst when we're hungry. Um, my, my dad would uh, often tell Kate, and my younger sister Grace, who's, uh, who's here today, um, a story of when he visited New York in his, in his 20s. And my dad and his brother Tony were visiting their uncle Ransford, who, who lived in the city. 
Um, and they were spending the whole day going round New York doing touristy things and mainly doing errands for their aunt. Now, as fun as it is going around a big city, um, in a hot day when you're walking around, not much rest, people can get quiet and they can get grumpy quite quickly. And my dad's uncle started to notice a slightly different tune and a different attitude in his nephews. So he stopped off at a cafe and said, Terry, Tony, get in here. Now they sat down and they had a quick meal. And my uncle saw two very different faces <laughs> on the other side of the table with these big, big smiles on their faces. And he said the famous line, happy now you're belly full. <laughs> and my dad has said that to me and my sisters many, many times over the years. <laughs> um, we all, at times, have, have short-term memories. We can have these amazing encounters with God, um, but sin, distraction, hunger, or time can stop us remembering the truths about the lives God intends us to live. Um, another thing that stops us believing we are made in the image of God is our image and perception of ourselves. Um, and I'll be honest, sometimes when I look at myself in the mirror, when I've had a bad day, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling, you know what, Alex, not good enough for your job, I've got imposter syndrome, look at myself in the mirror, and the last thing that I'm thinking is, Alex, you are made in the image of God. And, and that's, uh, that's understandable. And we have to ask ourselves, what does good image look like in 2023? And what about the role of the media and society and their view of good image? Um, social media has done a lot of good. It's a great thing, and I think it's brought us together in lots of different ways. Um, so this isn't an attack on social media, but social media, other areas of the media, the society at whole, sometimes they value different qualities, such as appearance, ego, power, influence, wealth, being the most impressive person in the room. And fundamentally, we just know that these are qualities that God, God just doesn't care about. Um, but it's difficult to drown out all that noise um, that comes at us from so many different angles and can just make us feel like we're not good enough. Um, the last area, the good news is around the corner, don't worry, um, is as well as self-image, guilt is something that holds us back. Um, when I say something I regret, or I say something that's upset someone, or I sin, I feel like all the progress I was making with God, I'm going right back to square one. Or sometimes I'm feeling good and I'm doing well and I feel that alone entitles me to have a good relationship with God. But that's just not how it works. It's, it's not how it works at all. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, yet we are still made in his image. We are forgiven through the sacrifice and death and resurrection of Jesus. The liberation, redemption and salvation does not have to be earned. It has been bought already by God, and that cannot be undone. Repentance, rather than always trying to do good, but remembering that we are instead made good, is the key to get back that feeling of being in the image of God. So, brings me on to Jesus. Jesus is the perfect image of God, and the good news is Jesus calls us continually to follow him, to follow his example. Jesus wasn't known for his looks. Um, it doesn't mention anywhere in the Bible from his appearance. Someone looked at Jesus and thought, okay, this is the Son of God, this is the Savior. Um, Isaiah 53 actually prophesies about the Messiah and references his appearance as he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty, to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. 
So it wasn't, it wasn't the way Jesus looked, it was the way he made people feel, and it's the way he served. Matthew 26, 20 verse 26 says, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must first be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus is, is the opposite of many of the rulers that, that we know today. And we're talking about someone who sat down before he was going to die. And the Bible talks about Jesus was, was scared of, of what was going to happen. But he chose to spend his time to encourage others, um, to love others and wash their feet. Just an incredible radical bit of service there when he knew that this was coming he was washing his own disciples feet um jesus jesus's ministry is just so heavily focused on love loving and serving others loving our neighbor and loving our enemies why because we are all god's children matthew 25 verse 40 whatever you did for the least of one of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me Jesus is the image of God and he is the way to be human. The new humanity that God wants to create in us so we can become people in whom God's image is restored and move humanity forward as we were always intended to do. So that brings me on to the, the final part. And, and it is easy to sit back and think, you know, the bar is just too high when it comes to Jesus. I can't follow that example Yes, I will mess up and I can repent and that's great, but how can I possibly emulate his selflessness, his example to act like I'm made in God's image? Well, if you're thinking that or you've thought that in the past, you're not alone. It's something that I, I struggle with quite a lot. But when it comes to acting like God's image, I want to give two practical points. Um, firstly, Jesus gives us a map uh, in the Beatitudes. And then secondly, the Holy Spirit is our guide. So um, the words are going to come up on the screen, um, but if people do want to turn to Matthew 5, verse 3, it'd be, it'd be brilliant to read this, um, read this together. Okay. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Just an epic collection of words there. Um, and I just want to take the first, you know, a couple of examples out of this. Poor in spirit, yet theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we talk about good news, so often I'm feeling poor in spirit, yet the kingdom of heaven. It's just an amazing thing. 
This is a map for whenever we're feeling poor in spirit or meek or insulted or persecuted, we can find Jesus no matter what state we're in. This is a map to find Jesus, the true image of God. And then secondly, the guide, the guide to being the true image of God. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, now, I'm not going to read all of, all of them out in, in Galatians, but just make no mistake, everyone, when we demonstrate peace or joy or self-control, we are acting like God, and God is pleased with us. When we love the poor and the vulnerable or those who are going through hardships, we are being like God. So let's always set the bar high, but let's encourage one another and encourage ourselves as well that we can meet with Jesus no matter our circumstances, as the Beatitudes show, and we are acting like God when we use the fruit of the Spirit. So as I invite the band to come back up, I want us to remember this verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 4, verse 14. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, not with earthly confidence, but confidence because each of us are image bearers of God and because of his grace. While sin can always get in our way, let's put on, as Paul says, the full armor of God, and let's stay humble. Humble, but let's be confident in the knowledge that we are made for good, for God, yet loved by God. And he desires us to be our best selves through being like Jesus. I'd love it if, if, if people would like to stand, and I'm just going to pray over us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that we are made in your image, that we can take such wonderful and profound confidence like that. Lord, when we're going through challenges and we're going through things in life that make us feel like we're not made in the image of God, help us remember that you have saved us, Lord, through your sacrifice and that we have your Holy Spirit that lives in, in us and guides us, Lord and that we are so deeply loved by you. Every single person in this room is made in your image and is so wonderfully made by you, Lord, and is so loved by you. May we all just take such profound confidence from that and be in the image bearers of God. In your heavenly name, amen. Thank you, Alex. Um, I was going to do this early in the service and felt I shouldn't, and it's just what was interesting. Um, I was just going to quickly do the confession together, and then we're going to sing one final song, if that's possible to bring up um, on the screen, Mark. Because I think there was so much of what Alex was saying where we, we do get it wrong, we have misunderstood ourselves, we have hurt others, we have, um, haven't always seen ourselves as God sees us. And so I think maybe there's just a moment now to, um, if you would like to join with me, there's definitely no pressure we might just say this confession together and then